my brother Jimmy and I were infants. We had this disease that we couldn't keep food down. And so mom would feed us. She would get, get milk in us, get baby food in us, and we would hold it for a few minutes and we'd throw it back up. And so she would have to do it again, and they would do it again and again and again. And this was until we were two years old. And whenever this incident came up, um, as we were growing up, and this time, this very trying time in her life was brought up, she would always say this, never forget Mother's Day. And so I try to never forget to honor moms on Mother's Day. And the title of our message today is Honoring Moms. Our scripture is from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, you have a very, very important message to speak today to all of us. And Lord, there's something very significant you want to impart to moms today. And so God, we just give you, I give you my words, I give you this time, and I pray, Lord, that somehow I would be hidden so that we can experience the voice and the person and the reality of Jesus in this place and every place where this is being watched. Please, God, in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Honoring moms, point one, defining honor. It means to give respect, to esteem, it honor in this situation, in this passage, is a verb. It's something we do that we give to someone else. It is different than obedience. The, the verse before says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is what is right. Obedience addresses the will. Just, you need to, this is right, and so you need to choose it. Honor is about the heart. Honor is is what is in our heart towards our parents. And because it's from the heart, God gives a promise. He gives an incentive. This is, he says, the first commandment that has a promise with it. Now, it's interesting because you read the Ten Commandments and you're going to learn something. It's the only command that has a promise with it. There are other commands that have punishments if you disobey, but this is the only one that has a promise. If you will get this one, here are the two promises that he gives. Um, and I'm going to read it from when it's originally given in in Deuteronomy, actually, it's Moses quoting it in Deuteronomy 5.16. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live long 
and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. So the reason why the original context is really important is because it says in Ephesians that you may live long on the earth. But that's not what it is. It's live long in the land. He's talking about the promised land. He's talking about the land that flows with milk and honey. The place God wants to bring you that it will be well with you and that you will enjoy it and that you will live out the fullness of whatever God has marked for your days. That you will mark the fullness of those days. That's a lot of promise to just do this one thing. So we should be very interested in what it means to honor. Matthew 15, 3 through 9, Jesus replied, And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their mother or father with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human Rules. I just think this passage here is amazing. Because first, it talks about how God feels about it. That when we have so much ingratitude towards the sacrifices that our moms and our dads made for it, that we would actually speak evil of them, Jesus said this is going to bring the judgment of God. But then, and this is amazing to me, when he's talking about worshiping God and about them worshiping God in vain, that they're honoring God with their lips and not from their hearts, it's specifically in relation to how they're treating their mom and dad. That worshiping God's got to mean something. It's got to mean that, that you, you, you don't use the worshiping God to cover over stuff you're not doing. No, worshiping God means that you do honor your parents, that it's part of worshiping God is to honor your parents. Now, here's the amazing thing, and this is why honor is so important. It doesn't matter whether your parents are good parents or not. It doesn't matter whether your dad's an alcoholic. It doesn't matter whether your mom lives in constant fear. It doesn't matter whether you think they're better than other moms or, or worse than other parents. It doesn't matter. There's a blessing on you if you will learn honor and to honor them. So how do we practically honor our moms? Number one, forgive her for her shortcomings. You are not the judge of your mom. It may seem like she's your judge. (laughs) You know why? You know why it feels like that? It's called parenting. She's parenting you. She wants you to win. She wants to help you. And but listen, you're not her judge. 
Jesus is her judge, not you. Sometimes it's hard to forgive, mom. I've been in counseling situations. I, I see a lot when I counsel. I, I talk to lots of people and get lots of situations, and oftentimes I see the darkest things that have happened in families. And when there's been abuse, not always, but it's usually at the hands of the father or the father-in-law that did the abuse. But oftentimes, the, the, the person I'm counseling has an easier time forgiving the dad or the stepdad that did the abusing than the mom who didn't do anything. Than the mom who... You told about it, and she didn't believe you. She chose to believe the dad or the stepdad over you or the, your brother over you, and you told her about the abuse, and she didn't believe you. And that is, that, that's a very, very deep wound. Or she does believe you, but she's unwilling to intervene because of fear. She did nothing. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to forgive. I want to help you today. Listen, moms are broken too. We're all broken people. And sometimes fear gets empowered in a life and they live under it all the time and, and it motivates and it controls and, and Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And oftentimes, Moms get in a trap. They don't realize what they're doing fully. And, and even if they do realize it, you need to forgive them. For Jesus' sake, you need to forgive them. As part of your worship, you need to forgive them. And as part of honoring, you need to forgive adults that have been broken. Now, here's what it says in verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Here's what you don't ever have to do with your parents. Is if they ask you to do something that contradicts what God wants you to do, you don't have to obey them. God never expects us to obey something that is against his will, that is against his word. You may, you may suffer for it, but you do not have to obey when they tell you to do something that is immoral or unjust or, or just not right. So honoring our moms, first forgive them. Second, say thank you a lot. So the story's told about the father of three and husband of one who came home after a long day's work and was stunned. It was as if a hurricane had hit his home. He comes in the door and the first thing he's struck with is the smell. It smells like a poopy diaper. And there are other smells in, in the room and he gets in and the, 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 the source of, the, of, of, the, of that smell is evident because there's a two-year-old walking around with nothing on except a diaper, a poopy diaper, walking around playing with things. There's, there's spaghetti sauce all over his face and it, it, 
he, he hears this TV blaring and he goes over to the couch and there's the, his, his nine-year-old and his six-year-old and they've also got spaghetti on their face and they're watching TV and it's as if that brother doesn't even exist and they're, eat, they're both eating chips and they're not just eating chips, they're stuffing chips and there's chips everywhere. It's just a, it's just a mess. And anger is rising up in dad. But it gets worse because he goes to the kitchen. There are dishes piled everywhere. He finds out the source of the spaghetti sauce. There's, there's SpaghettiOs that are on the oven that are actually the heater is still running on it. And it's just, it's everywhere. It's just a mess. And then somebody's made popcorn. There's popcorn everywhere. And... He just is beside himself, and he comes into those kids. He turns off the TV and says, where is your mom? Kids are like, mom's up in her room. She told us not to bother her. He, he goes from anger to fear. What, what is wrong? What is going on? So he climbs the stairs to the bedroom and he opens the bedroom and there's his lovely wife in bed with her PJs on. She's propped up. She's got a pillow propped up. She's got a little reading light. She's reading a novel. She's the one that made the popcorn. She's eating popcorn. She's got Coke that she's sipping from a straw. He's like, honey, what are you doing? And she looks at him and she says, oh, she says, do you know how every day when you come home, you ask me what I did all day? Well, today I didn't do it. You know what? Moms love to serve and they love to give, but here's what they don't like to be taken advantage of, to be presumed upon. Here's what Jesus said. A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown. What, what, what does that mean? It means this. Familiarity breeds contempt. Contempt is the exact opposite of honor. And when someone is very familiar to us, we can no longer see what they're doing and who they are and how God has called them and how special they are just because they're around all the time. And no one is more familiar than mom. So we're in danger of treating her with contempt. And we need to remember that what she does for us day in and day out she does because she loves us and she wants us to just, she does, she's not looking for any great things. She just wants us to be thankful. She wants us to recognize what she's doing. So thank her. Not just on Mother's Day, but certainly on Mother's Day. But every day, thank her. My mom, who has passed away now a few years great woman and uh, she had put money aside for us all to go to college and I graduated with a degree in business and I finally got out of college and 
And of course, that's a great time of celebration. But then I decided to be an investment broker, and it turned out that there were all these extra fees to take the Series 7 exam, and it was not a small amount of money. Of course, I had no money, and I, I told her what the plan is. She said, how much is that test going to cost, Tommy? And I told her, and she just immediately wrote a check, said, I want, I want to pay for that. So I get my Series 7, and, but I'm working out of this office, and it turns out uh, we, we don't just do investments, we also do insurance. We do life and health insurance, and so another license is needed, another course needs to be taken. Once again, I have no money. I remember the summer day, I'm on our back porch, and mom is asking about everything, and I tell her, this new thing, this new requirement. And she says, Tommy, she said, I want you to do that and I want to pay for it. I said, Mom, I, I just feel so guilty. She says this. She looks at me. Don't feel guilty. Just be thankful. Moms aren't trying to make you feel guilty. They just want you to have gratefulness in your heart. Don't feel guilty. Just be thankful. It's so easy to give to people that are thankful. Make it easy for your mom to serve you. Number three, trust them when you don't understand. So sometimes moms are going to tell you to do something or restrict you from doing something, and you're not going to understand why. I don't want to do that. I don't know why I can't go to that party. I don't know why I can't go on that trip. I, I, I've got the money for it. I've saved it up, and I just want to do it. And, and mom is saying no, and, and, and so you say why, and she tells you why, but that's not good enough, and you don't understand. And um, listen, she's in charge She's going to give an account to God for the decisions that she makes. You are the child. Part of honoring is obeying her even when you don't understand. Now, this is a huge, huge thing to God. And let me tell you why. Because this is practice for the rest of your life when you have to obey God when you don't understand. God can't explain everything to you. And God can tell you to do something. If you have to know why, and you have to understand why, and you have to agree with why before you obey God, your life is going to be a mess. So you need to learn. We need to learn how to obey even when we don't completely understand. That is part of honor. Now, this next little comment I'm going to make is going to be painful because it's going to be really, really, really practical to what we're going through right now. So maybe you're mad that our government has not opened everything up yet. Haven't opened up businesses the way you want, the church the way you want to, hasn't opened up everything, and you're against it, and you can't see why, and you don't understand why not, and you've, you've contacted people, and you've talked about it, and... and Listen, you've got a chance to model for your children and for all children how to honor authority 
even when you don't agree with it. You said your peace. You're certainly free to pray. I've certainly prayed. God's, the king's heart is in the hands of the Lord. The Lord can turn it whichever way he wants to. So pray about it. Pastor Tom, this is America. I'll complain if I want to complain. I'll complain to whoever I want to complain because I am not happy. This shutdown shouldn't be happening. We should be free. We should be meeting again. We should Listen. Yeah, in America, you're free to complain. But not in the kingdom. Not in the kingdom. You get to complain to God if you want to. <laughs> Tell God about it as much as you want to. See, here's the thing. And this is so important with children. You can't decide, you don't get to decide whether you go to the party or not. But you do get to decide your attitude. And if you choose to become bitter against mom, bitter against dad because you don't agree with what they did and so you're going to pay them back by being angry and by carrying angry and holding a grudge because it's wrong and you you like use this to try to manipulate them and that you're gonna you're gonna not be there you're mean i hate you listen listen god is watching you get to choose your attitude we don't get to choose right now whether the churches are open and the businesses are open. We don't get to make any of those decisions. But we do get to choose our attitude. And folks, let me, let me guarantee you this. God is watching. Let's have a right attitude. Even if we don't agree, let's have a right attitude. And if it ever comes to a place where they're telling me to do something that is against God's word, I'll be the first one to disobey. I will join you. And we'll, we'll go to, I'll probably be your prison mate too. So. Honoring. Honoring mom. Forgive them. Say thank you a lot. Trust them when you don't understand and obey anyway. Fourthly, give them practical help. <laughs> what does this mean? This means this. When your mom is doing a hundred things because there are guests coming over, ask her if you could help. Set the table. Even offer, mom, can I set the table? Mom, can I put the napkins on? When you see your mom carrying a 50-pound thing of laundry, ask her if you can carry it upstairs for her or take it downstairs. It's, it, there's a thousand ways that you can lighten the load of your mom. Just open your eyes to everything she's doing. And ask if you can help. Mom, what can I do? What, you look stressed. What can I do? That is like music to a mom's ear. So my dad died when he was about uh, 60, and my mom lived until she was 85. And so that we had 20-plus years where mom did not have uh, uh, her husband. And um, the last seven years, she was losing her eyesight. So I took over paying the bills and it was at least once a month sometimes twice a month that I would get to come 
And I cannot tell you how much joy I had to be able to do... My mom was a very practical person, very reality hands-on, to be able to do something so real for her, so practical for her. There was such joy in it, and it meant that I got to be with mom, and we got to talk about things, and a hundred good things happened as I paid her bills. She, she could be a worrier about things, and so I got to comfort her. I got to talk to her. Before we would leave, I'd ask her if I could pray for her. She never said no once to me praying for her. And uh, give them practical help. And then finally, pray for them. Sometimes moms are carrying so much that they don't feel like they're going to make it. They got through today, but they honestly wonder whether they're going to make it through tomorrow. And it's funny because they can have makeup on and they can, their hair can be brushed and they can have a smile on your, their face and you would have absolutely no idea what mom is carrying but she can actually be right at the end of herself, spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially. Moms carry a very heavy load. And just in your prayers, please remember to pray for your mom. We're going to pray for moms at the end of this service. I'm very excited about it. All right, that was point two. Now we're on to point three, and then we'll close. Honorable qualities in our moms that are reproduced when we honor them. Honor is not just a verb. Honor is also a noun. <laughs> to be honorable is to be virtuous. It's to have strength of character, to be, to be someone of substance, and this is one of the most amazing things in the kingdom of God. As generations go down, the Bible says that sin visits four generations. And here's how it works. Sin will just be multiplied through generations. It'll actually get worse and worse until somebody forgives the sin. Forgiveness breaks everything bad coming from the next generation. The blood of Jesus has the power to break anything bad. You don't have to repeat what your parents did. You don't have to repeat the bad things. You don't have to repeat the alcoholism. You don't have to repeat the worry. You don't have to repeat whatever it is that you think is bad. When you forgive them in Jesus, his blood breaks that power of reproduction in you. So you can be the last generation that has that. Isn't that amazing? So that's what forgiveness does. Well, here's what honor does. Honor will draw as a gift the good qualities that were in your parents, that were in your mom. And you can get them for free just by honoring her. 
those things. Mom, when, when you live a virtuous life, mom, when you do the right thing, when you become that person of, of God that is going to do right and live right and live in virtue, know this, your children can just inherit your good qualities. It should be a tremendous motivation for moms to develop good qualities because your children can inherit them just by honoring you. God gives those things freely. Every generation is going to have their own fights, their own wars that they're going to have to win themselves. God's got challenges for every generation, but you don't have to re-win every battle. Some things God will give you for free. Grace can be multiplied from generation. This is God's plan, was to multiply grace, that the next generation would actually be on our shoulders. Because they're, they're get, if they learn honor, they're getting what we have already as a gift. And now God can take them farther. And they can fight different battles. They don't have to refight our battles. Because we won them for them. Honor. Honor is powerful. You can draw the beauty of your mom into yourself when you honor her. So I asked our staff uh, like three weeks ago. I told them about this message. We're going to do a message called Honoring Moms. I would like you to give a quality that was in your mom that has made your life better. How is your life better because of your mom? And I'd like you to just write something out, and and it wasn't a have to. It was just whoever wanted to, and um, most of them did. And I'm just going to read to you what they wrote. So this is how their moms made them better. This is from Sarah. There are so many ways that my mom has influenced me and so many things she has taught me that I could spend hours talking about them all. One is that my mom has taught me how to serve others. Over the years, I have watched my mom selflessly serve other people, whether it was through showing them hospitality in our home, through volunteering at church or other places, or simply listening to people when they needed it. Her example of servanthood to others has taught me not only how important it is to serve other people, but also that it should be done with humility and kindness. Derek, mom taught me the importance of respecting God, his house, as well as his people and their things. She taught me to honor God with my mouth and my actions Not just at church, but wherever I went and with whomever I was with. Mom taught us the value of family, eating dinner together, spending time with extended family, the importance of vacationing together, seeing new places, and noticing the beauty of God's creativity. God and family are the things that mom values the most and what she passed on to us. Joe. I learned a great foundation of biblical ethics and excellence from my mom. Doing something halfway or dishonestly was never allowed in our home growing up. This sense of responsibility and diligence caused me to excel not only at school and academics and sports, 
but also at the jobs I had as a teenager. She taught me to never give up and to keep trying until I got it. Thank you, Mom. This skill and attitude has helped me immensely in life. Joel. Even though my mom went to be with the Lord at age 50 when I was 24, year old, 24 years old, she left a lifetime of blessings. The greatest blessing was my spiritual heritage. My earliest childhood memories included mom reading Bible stories and praying with me. She not only was the motivating force in our going to church as a family, but her loving devotion to her family and her Christ-like character helped me see that God was real and alive. Because of her influence and example, I developed a personal relationship with the Lord at an early age. Jan. My mom raised nine children. She always made sure we were dressed well, had good meals, and learned to care for one another. But what's made such an impact in my life is that every Sunday we were in church together. There was no nursery or kids' ministry, but we were there. When I had my own children and they were growing, we had a very difficult family issue. I knew I had to tell my parents and was expecting a reaction of disapproval. These were my mom's first words. Except for the grace of God, we would all be there. No judgment. No fear, no disapproval. Simply reminding me that God's grace is so great. What a huge statement of how to love others. Andrew. I'm going to take a drink because this is funny. When I was growing up between the ages of 12 to 16, I thought my mother and grandmother were the meanest people alive. Because I couldn't dress like my friends and the other kids my age, I always had to look respectable. Whenever she asked me a question, I had to reply with a sentence saying, huh, or what, or something sarcastic could get a boy seriously injured. I was taught to respect my elders. As I grew older, I learned to have a great appreciation for the things she and my grandmother instilled in me. Before they both passed away, I was able to thank them for shaping me to be the person I have become. Nathan, my mom makes her kids and grandkids feel special and loved. She is always thinking about others and what she can do to bless them. She looks to others' needs before her own, and nothing makes her happier than when she knows her family feels special and loved. I know there is no length that she would not go or sacrifice she wouldn't make for me and the rest of the family. Thank you, Mom, for all you do, the seen and the unseen, the appreciated and that which goes unnoticed. I love you. Joyce. Once upon a time, there was a little girl who loved being with her mother. What she mostly enjoyed was simply watching her mom. Oh, what joy to see how her mother made everyone feel special, welcoming all people with non-judgmental arms. She loved her family deeply and prepared special meals for them, 
always there to listen with a forgiving and grace-filled heart. She was generous and intelligent. Then the little girl asked her heavenly father, how can I remember to do all these things that I love about my mother? God spoke and said, you are only to do the one thing your mother loved to do every day. So the little girl got on her knees, folded her hands, looked up to heaven, smiled, and prayed. Dave, my mom is compassionate, generous, and caring. Her level of hospitality seems to some quite daring. In secret, she works doing countless good deeds, visiting with people and meeting their needs. Early every morning, she reads her Bible with a smile. As she takes her daily walks, she prays for each grandchild. She's a woman of prayer and has never sought fame. If she saw you again, she would remember your name. I love my mother for so many reasons. I could never pick just one. My love for people is because of her. I am honored to be called her son. And finally, Chris. A characteristic that I receive from my mom is generosity. She has always been generous with what she has, giving to others, even when it is a personal sacrifice for her. I remember when I had the opportunity to go with the Spanish club on a school trip to Mexico. She knew how much it would mean to me to travel to a Spanish-speaking country and insisted I go, even though she and my father couldn't afford to send me. She said she would figure it out. That summer, she took additional work just to make sure I could go on this trip. That is a great example of the generosity, love, and sacrifice my mother made. And the more she has, the more she gives to others. I am grateful for this legacy. So here's how I want to close this morning. The worship team can go ahead and come on back up. <clears throat> so I, uh, I just had a little prophetic experience this morning. I changed my message. About half my message didn't get preached. There are moms that are watching this right now that you live in almost constant panic because you feel like you are drowning and you don't know if you can make it. Life is draining you emotionally, spiritually, physically, financially, mentally, and you feel like at some point you had to push survival mode. That you don't feel like you're living anymore. You are just, you are just the servant, the taxi cab driver, the, 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 the cook, the, the, the manager of the hotel. The, you, you don't have a life anymore. You just hit survival at some point. 
And the reason why there's panic is you don't know, you, it's not that you're not willing to do what you're doing right now. It's just you don't know how much longer you can do it. Something's got to give. The Lord has something for you today. Please, please open your heart to what the Lord is saying right now. Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30. This is Jesus himself speaking. Come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for I am humble and gentle in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I want you to hear the words of Jesus. This is in Luke 13. Jesus is speaking to the Jewish leadership, and he says, O Israel, O Israel, I have longed to gather you under my wings like a mother hen gathers her chicks, but you were unwilling. You were the ones taking care of everybody else. You were the ones that were too busy. You were the ones that it was always about everybody else. I have a longing. I had a longing. I wanted to bring you under my wings. I wanted to comfort you. I wanted to refresh you. I wanted to strengthen you. And Jesus is saying this to mom. I long to gather you under my wings. I want to bring you really close. I want to renew you. I want to strengthen you. And here's what mom usually says. Lord, Thank you, Lord, but I would rather have you gather my husband and gather my children. They need it more, even more than I do. God, please gather them. And here's what the Lord's saying. That's between your husband and me. That's between your children and me. What's between you and me is you coming. I want to gather you. I want to strengthen you, and I want to hold you. I want to lighten your burden. Let me carry everything. I'm the Savior, not you. Let me carry everything. And you carry me. There are two burdens that crush moms. Jesus wants to cut them off today. The first one is the past. There, there's, you're not going to get grace to feel guilty, to feel uh, ashamed, to pick up past mistakes and dwell on them. Jesus already died for them. He says, I, I want you to give those to me. The burden of regret, there, there's not gonna be grace. for That will crush you. <laughs> that will crush you. So I need you to bring them to me. I need you to bring them. I died for that. I died for that. I don't want you carrying that anymore. Well, Lord, but I've, I've ruined it. I've, I've failed. I've sinned. Uh, I, I, it's because of me that my kids are like they are or because I did that or I didn't do that. That's why my kids are like this. Listen, here's what Jesus is saying. He's looking into your eyes right now and here's what he's saying. Not only do I want you to forgive me to, to receive my forgiveness for everything you did wrong, I want you to believe that I'm the God of redemption. I'm the God of resurrection. Are they beyond my grace? No. We're not done yet. And there's a second thing that's crushing moms that's in the past. And it's called grief. Where you have lost a child. Or there's something that is irretrievable that has been lost. And you're just sad 
and you're sad all the time. Listen, this is, this is right from Jesus. It's in, it's in Isaiah 61. He is anointed to give you in place of the spirit of mourning. He's, he's anointed to give you oil of joy. In Psalm 84, it says, in, in the valley of Baca, those who are on pilgrimage, in the valley of Baca, which means the valley of weeping, that God is going to transform it into a place of refreshing. Your grief will crush you if you make it your identity. And God's saying, I want to take that burden from you. I want to take that burden from you. Give it to me. I've got joy. I've got joy that's found in me that's going to give you strength and it's going to lighten your load. The other burden that Jesus wants to cut off today is the future. This is Matthew 6, 34. Do not worry about tomorrow for each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus is saying this. There's no grace for you to worry about tomorrow. It will be a burden that will just grow and grow and grow as, as long as you, you're empowering darkness when you worry about tomorrow. I've got tomorrow. I want you to trust me with tomorrow. Lord, I don't know how I'm going to make it tomorrow. You don't have to make it tomorrow. Just make it today. There's enough trouble today. You and I, let's do today. And know this, I've got tomorrow. I've got tomorrow. My, I am the I am. He's not the I was or the I will be. He is the I am. He's always in now. If you're going to encounter God, you need to encounter him right now. You need to walk with him right now. And guess what? He'll be the I am tomorrow too. And so here's what I want to do in closing today. If you are with your mom right now, I want you to, to, to move over and put a hand on her. Husbands, put your hands on your, on your wife. Kids, on your mom. But there are many moms, you're not with your kids right now. And just because the kids have grown up and you're on your own now does not mean you're not walking in a burden because of your kids. And I just like that, mom, just put your hand on your heart right now, would you? Would you do that? Jesus wants to do something for you right now. Something that only Jesus can do. So is everybody ready for this? Here we go. Lord, you wanted to rescue moms this morning. You, you spoke to me early this morning. This isn't about what I had prepared. This is about your heart to rescue moms. So right now, Lord, we give you our moms. And we are offloading right now. Mom, just give him right now the failure the mistake, the regret. Would you just give it to him now? Jesus, thank you that you died for that. You died on a cross for that. You, you, you took punishment for that so that we would not carry that burden anymore. Now wash your favored daughters right now, Lord. Wash your favored daughters right now. Just would you allow the the favor of God to wash over you, his love for you, that blood that was shed that cleanses us. 
I break any demonic voice that's been holding on. Go in Jesus' name. We cut off that voice in Jesus' name. Just because it's loud does not mean it's true. We break the voice of the roaring lion over our moms in Jesus' name. And then there are several that are, you've just been so sad. You've just been so sad. Maybe because of a divorce. Maybe because of uh, kids not serving Jesus or kids involved in drugs or kids that, uh, that have died prematurely in your mind. And, and, and you're just sad. And the Lord is saying, would you give me your morning? Would you lay your mourning down at my cross so that I can give you my joy? Would you give me your ashes in worship so that I can give you my beauty? Only I can hold your children. Only I can hold your children. And only I can heal your grief. But I need you to give it to me so I can heal you. Could you just release it right now? Just in pure worship. Jesus, here it is. Here it is. Sometimes it's the most valuable thing we have because it's our memory. And it's so valuable to us. It's become our identity. And we don't even know how we would live without this. And Jesus says, yeah, I know it's valuable to you. I know it's close to you. That's why it's so worshipful when you bring it to me. Well, Lord, how will I even live without this burden? I'll, you and I are going to learn how to live together. I'm going to teach you how to walk in joy. I'm going to teach you how to walk in your beauty. And then there's been a whole bunch of moms, especially in the middle of COVID-19. What about tomorrow? How are we going to make it tomorrow? How are we going to make it financially? How are we going to make it emotionally? How are we going to... Tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. And the worry of tomorrow... When you're just barely getting through today, it's crushing. And the Lord's saying, I want you to worship me today, Mom. Favored daughter. He's smiling. He says, I've got tomorrow. I've got tomorrow. I'm going to be as present tomorrow as I am present today. You can trust me with every tomorrow. And so, Lord, we rebuke the spirit of fear right now in Jesus' name. The Bible says the perfect love casts out all fear. Can you just feel the love of your family right now that's around you, if they're around you? But, but feel more than that. Feel the love of God. God loves you. Jesus is crazy about you. The Bible says the greatest in the kingdom is the one that serves. Mom, God is honoring you today. Would you receive his love? just kind of cuddle and be one of his little chicks. He's the great mother that gathers us under his wings. Would you let him gather you today and just be refreshed in Jesus' mighty name? Amen. Let's sing a song together before we close. God bless you.